You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Scoped Out Shooting Optics and Accessories. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. Uh, This is episode number 57. My name is Rusty and joining me uh, is Kirk Young from the Precision Rifle Media. How are you, Kirk? Hey, good, good. Uh, hey, I'm pretty excited to be on here. I've uh, been doing the, the podcasting thing for quite a while, and uh, I think this is the first time I've ever been interviewed. <laughs> this is the first time on the other end, hey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess you, you're going to get a taste of what uh, what all your guests go through. So, um, Kirk, tell us a, a little bit, I guess, a bit about your, your podcast. Um, that's obviously only one part of what you do. Yeah, yeah. So the, the show, uh, when I, I started Precision Rifle, the Precision Rifle podcast. I started that um, oh, way back in like 2013. Yeah, I think actually, yeah. And, uh, and that was all going good. I was, um, you know, everything was everything was cool. Had about a hundred shows there, and then ended up branching out and, and starting my own deal. And uh, so that's where Precision Rifle Media came from. I've mm-hmm. uh, been doing that now for close to a year from precision rifle media got started um man i'd I'd been shooting long range and uh and um i had a lot of questions you know i I was i was very new and you know in in the scheme of things i I still am very new compared to uh, a lot of other people out there sure um but I, I figured if I had questions uh, there's probably other people that do and if I was going to call and get some answers I might as well just try and record them hmm. and get it out to everybody else that uh, so they could hear and maybe learn as well and that's kind of where it started and then it's just kind of rolled into what it is now <laughs> and and so that's obviously that was a motivation for getting uh, getting underway and, and how did you approach the the first few episodes oh man uh it was shaky. I had a, uh, a borrowed, I got a, <laughs> I had my old Sony laptop and uh, I borrowed some recording gear. It was like a little mixer and a, and a, an analog mic and everything, you know, and had to run it through another thing to hook it into the computer. And um, man, and I just, uh, I just did a couple to see, you know, what would happen. And I had some people listening and people liking it and it just kind of turned into what it is, what it is now. Uh, and then you know, I mean, the, the kind of the, what I go for is, uh, I just interview, I try to interview people, industry leaders, people who are building cool stuff that I want to hear about, mm. uh, people that are running cool matches and, uh, and just try to help get as much information for myself and then, um, share that with everybody else at the same time. That's, that's kind of the goal. And, and how have you found it? If it has been easy to approach people, um, or has it been a bit harder to get the interviews? Um, that was a little difficult at first. It's, it's, uh, it's gotten a lot easier, um, <laughs> especially after people have been on once or twice. Yeah, sure. And they, uh, and they kind of get the gist, you know, they, they, they start to, they learn, you know, or, or figure out Skype or whatever. And, and they kind of, Oh yeah, I can make time for that. No problem. At first it was kind of shaky sometimes, especially some of the busier people or whatever. But, um, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's never been all that hard to keep interviews scheduled. It's just, uh, you know, some people were, were more interested than others in the beginning. Yeah, and I, I certainly noticed that about your shows is that you've, it's not uncommon to have a, a guest on several times over the course of a few years. 
um, which yeah, really yeah, yeah. helps build build that conversation with them. Definitely, you know, and the thing is, is too, is like if you um, like, I haven't had Brian Litz on in a while, but I've had him on uh, I don't know three, four times total, uh, including the old show and the new one. Yep, and uh, and it's kind of nice if you follow him all, you can kind of keep an eye on what he's been up to you know you can kind of follow along with all of his projects and stuff same with like you know the nick vitalbo uh with envisti and mm. um which we're working on i'm working on getting him back in he's a busy dude so he is a busy guy we had him on uh, uh only a few weeks ago and uh yeah no real real good bloke to speak with yeah 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 he's awesome does a lot of the laser rangefinder stuff but you can just kind of you know it's it's nice to have him on more than once just to kind of follow what those guys are doing especially guys like that because their projects are always changing and they're always working on something different. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously now that you've uh, got a fair fair reputation for, you know, it's the biggest, it'd be the biggest precision rifle type podcast in the world, wouldn't it? There wouldn't be anything else getting the listenership yeah. that you're on. Yeah, I'm not real sure. I mean, uh, I guess <laughs> I, I can't think of anything. So. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's maybe just by default. <laughs> There's just not much. It's it's my show and your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. And, um, uh, but the 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 um, the good thing about that is that obviously now you know if you if you're going to approach someone, um, they're more much more inclined to say yes. So you can you what that gives you is access to some really good names to interview, which you've you've done. It's been wonderful to hear. Yeah, great, great. That's uh, you know, and I love hearing the feedback too. Uh, it's kind of weird. I don't know how it is for you guys, but I'll, I'll go through, you know, where I'll get, you know, a, a whole bunch of emails in a month, and then I won't get any emails, like listener emails, for two months, yep. you know? <laughs> so yeah. sometimes you're like, okay, okay, things are going good, and then uh, and then you won't get anything for a while, and you'll be, you know, hmm, mm, I don't I, know. <laughs> am I still doing this, or should I keep going? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. So, um, um, I'm interested, Kirk, in, in how you got into shooting initially, and then obviously following down into this long range path. Where did that come from for you? Oh yeah. So I guess uh, getting into shooting, um, you know, I, I was just a little kid. My grandpa'd take me out. He had a Ruger 10.22 and an old Remington of some sort, and that bolt action Remington single shot was what I spent most of my uh, youth shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had used it for years. It was pretty beat up. I mean, he's, I don't know how he broke the bolt off it, but he did. <laughs> he welded it back on with yep. a stick welder, you know, and uh, himself, you know, back before you'd pay somebody to do that, you know. Man, that gun, I love that gun, though. And uh, graduated from that to the 1022 because that was semi automatic, you know, had to graduate up to that one. Yeah, I was still, waiting, then, uh, still waiting then, for that here. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. So, uh, so then I went from there uh, to shotguns. In uh, I was a big duck hunter and a pheasant hunter, and even deer back home uh, was shotgun only. So I mean, I only shot shotguns, um, and you know, uh, I was on trap teams and sporting clays and stuff like that. Yeah, wow. That's about all I did from probably when I was fourteen, fifteen. I used to get my mom would drop me off to work at the clubhouse. And then uh, we'd pull trap for just enough money to pay for shells and around a trap. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I don't know. And then uh, one of the guys that was on my trap team, his cousin was a big, uh, started out with World War II rifles. He was a big collector. 
Mm-hmm. And so me and him got together and started shooting. Uh, and then uh, we kind of were, you know, 1903 Springfields and K31s and, you know, the Mosin Nagants and stuff like that. And, and we just started trying to shoot as far as we could with iron sights and, you know, three, 400 yards, I think we probably got to. And then we started getting scopes and nicer rifles and it just kind of all blew up from there. Yeah, right. Yeah, excellent. That's And that's where it's all come from. And um, and you've been into some PRS stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we were shooting and uh, we were shooting from the benches and, uh, you know, the range I was at didn't allow a lot of steel at the time and they're starting to get a little bit better about that now. Yep. But uh, did that and, and then it got to where, you know, you can shoot paper at the same distances, you know, all day, every day. And it's, don't get me wrong, it's a good time. But I got to a point where I just wanted to kind of see where I matched up with other people and uh, get out there and meet some other people. And, and it just it just looked like fun. So I got involved with it. And turns out I'm usually like mid, lower end of the pack. But uh, I have just as much fun as everybody else. <laughs> well, that's that's really what it's all about, isn't it? It's about enjoying oh, for yourself. Sure. Yeah, we, we for had sure. our, our first uh, official PRS match here only uh, a few weeks ago now. Uh, not even, not even two weeks ago um, from the time I'm recording this, and uh, I think that that's a big thing. A lot of guys took away from it. It's, it's good fun. You get to meet a stack of people, and the shooting is uh, the shooting's really good fun. But it's almost secondary to the you know the, the good time you have. Oh, definitely. You know, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you could have the the worst day of shooting out there and, and still be able to be around the people and enjoy enjoy your time out there. That's the the best thing about it you know anybody who hasn't gone out and shot competitively don't be scared to do it because it is some of the nicest people you'll ever meet um i've had people offer to loan me rifles and stuff to you know go to some of these matches where you gotta fly you know oh just i got a rifle just ship ammo down here you know it's <laughs> like and you're talking like somebody you've never met before and yeah, they're willing right. to let you borrow like a three thousand dollar scope on a fourth five thousand dollar rifle and that's not even unheard of you know Mm, mm, absolutely it's good it's good community and it's it's you know we're seeing that same thing over here and i certainly saw that when we were in the u.s there's that real attitude of of looking after everyone which is great yeah definitely you know there's uh i don't know how many times i've been at matches and somebody's rifle will go down and somebody's got a spare and they just here you go rifle ammo don't worry about it yeah yeah get underway and shoot enjoy it yep yeah, it's it's good, and, and so you've got a couple of other guys, uh, at least one involved with um, uh, with what you're doing, uh, precision rifle media wise. Uh, who's who's the other voice or, or names we see on some of the articles? Yeah, so uh, Garrett G would be um, he's my buddy back home. Uh, he I met him. He started uh, Wisconsin Precision Rifle Shooters uh, Facebook group back when I lived in Wisconsin. And I liked what he was doing with that, so I had approached him and kind of, you know, hey, let's get together and do some shooting, and uh, we did, and it just kind of hit it off. I was like, hey, man, I kind of do this this podcast and stuff if you want to help out, and he did, and uh, he's been a huge help. Uh, he's wrote some articles, done some reviews. Uh, he comes on the show, and we uh, go over matches and stuff. Uh, every PRS match I've shot, I shot with him. Okay, um, yeah, cool. And then, uh, so that's Garrett. Uh, then there's um, uh, Justin Wilhite. He is uh, actually a friend of a friend. And uh, it's kind of funny. I'm actually going to be meeting him for the first time next weekend. Oh, uh, really? Face to face. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually met him face to face. But uh, he's a 
got a ranch, his family ranch down in Colorado there, and uh, he just does a bunch of shooting, real passionate guy. Um, like I said, friend of a friend I met at a PRS match. Yep. And uh, I, I don't even know how we really started talking, but then he ended up, he used to do some writing and kind of was like, hey, man, you know, I used to do some writing back in college, really enjoy it. If you want me to do some stuff, let me know. Yeah, nice. So uh, we just kind of hit it off that way and uh he's wrote some articles he, he writes some really awesome articles and uh uh he actually does some work for bison tactical as well um okay yep who is uh one of my sponsors on my show yeah you better give him a shout out yeah yeah and uh yeah so we're going to be down there next weekend getting ready for the king of two mile event which is that starts that week so yeah so tell us about that because i know you guys are shooting that yeah uh, well, and that this will, I'm going to uh, kind of mention Garrett for a vet quick who, uh, he's not quite as involved with the podcast, but he does a lot of, uh, work on our rifles and stuff. Uh, and he's the guy that I'm good going to be doing the, uh, King of two mile shooting event with and the world's 50 caliber championship with. Right. Yep. Um, he's been part of the FCSA, which is the 50 cal shooters association for, I think like 10, 15 years or something like that. We have a branch of that over here in Australia. I'll tell you, yeah, what a great, uh, what a great organization, though. Um, the 50 Cal Shooters, just a bunch of great people. Uh, the match, you know, the world, this is the world's, it's a King of Two Mile event. So, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I really tried to tell you the rules. My understanding is uh, the targets will start somewhere around 15, 1,800 yards away. Mm-hmm. You get five rounds to hit it, and if you hit it, you get to move on to the next target. And I believe the scores just like a regular match you know a first round hits worth like way more than a fifth round hit yep um and if you don't hit the target you don't move on okay i believe i'm pretty sure that's how it worked last year yeah yeah sure and that's you're out for the match right right and uh and last year nobody hit the two mile target um so it'll be interesting this year i know that Okay, so yeah, back to Garrett quick, I guess. Um, yeah, he's a buddy, been a buddy of mine for a long time, and uh, he's a, an engineer and a, a machinist, and he does some work on our rifles, and he kind of got a hold of me. He was like, hey, man, doing this 50 cal thing, you want to be a part of it? And I was like, that sounds awesome, let's do it. And uh, that's kind of how we got into that. Uh, he's been shooting. <laughs> nice. that, that's pretty much how it happened. I mean, that was all there was to it. And, uh, and uh, like I said, he builds... He builds a lot of cool stuff. He's uh, got a Facebook page, Beards and Bullets, um, <laughs> where he just kind of, and it's kind of a cool page because he's not actually a business, you know, he doesn't actually, not actually a gunsmith or anything, but he uh, just builds a lot of cool stuff and you can keep up with it there. He built like a, he built his own anodizing setup in his garage wow. and uh, anodized all of the aluminum parts that he machined himself for the bipod he built for the 50 he built. So, yeah, right. Nice. It's it's kind of cool to follow that, and uh, and just see what he's up to. Just to see what a guy can do in his garage. You know, mm. you think uh, you think you can't build cool stuff unless you got like a real hot setup. You know, he's got an old lathe and an old mill, and he builds some pretty cool stuff. So, yeah, uh, so back to the two mile shoot. Um, like I was saying, the uh, the uh, two mile target didn't get hit last year, but I know um, this year Mitchell Fitch, Fitzpatrick with. Uh, Applied Ballistics and Lethal Precision Arms. He, he owns that company. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they were putting some pretty good hits 
on at two miles, first round impacts and stuff down in Texas. I believe it was Texas with Chase Stroud. So there's going to be some pretty stiff competition this year. Um, I think last year everybody was kind of getting the feel for it, and then they had a year to really put some stuff together and get ready for this year. So I think it's going to be real interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I've certainly seen a lot of a lot of practice and a lot of videos going on. It looks like um, they're 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 up in the game a fair bit this year. I know there's a few guys going over from Australia, um, and uh, yeah, it looks to be a, a really good event. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to it. We're gonna be. I'm going to try and grab a bunch of guys there and get them yep. for like kind of a round table discussion kind of a thing. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm hoping to make that happen. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll keep you in the loop for that. I think it's going to be pretty interesting because, um, you know, I am going to this match. I am participating in it. I'm participating in the world's, uh, 50 caliber championship as well. It's the, the same week or whatever. So, mm. uh, if you're going to go all the way down there, you might as well do as much shooting as you can, right? <laughs> Absolutely, especially when, um, when you run the risk of uh, you know, your first target not, not hitting and uh, it could be a quiet weekend for, uh, for people going. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so Garrett is, uh, man, he's on the leading edge of this project that we got going on. So it's going to be yep. real interesting to hear his input. Um, I'm hoping to maybe record me and him driving down there. We're going to have about eight hours to drive down there so uh just to hear about what he's got going on yeah i mean when i talk about him leading this i mean he designed the guns he built the guns he designed the bullets he's got a guy building the bullets for us um everything you know he uh he's man he's putting a lot of work into this i think (laughs) i think if anybody's got a shot at this thing it's going to be garrett yeah uh, right he's he's, right into it yeah definitely yeah, that's cool, and it's cool to, to be able to do it from, from that point of really sort of developing stuff for it rather than just sort of putting something together um, from what's available and then you know, having, having a crack. He actually uh, he's, he's really taking it quite seriously and getting pushing, pushing boundaries, which is what you need to do to be able to do that. Oh, definitely, yeah. We're using the Ivy mounts even to uh, – are you familiar yep, with those at all? I am, yeah. I'd love to get my hands on one, actually. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty crazy. They're uh, – so anybody who's not familiar, there's not enough travel in the scopes to get out to two miles. So we use an ivy mount, and you actually dial the the mount itself up and can't like it's like a canted rail kinda, and it but it's adjustable, and the whole scope itself will pick up, and you can get another I think 180 minutes of elevation. Mm, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Have you seen those? Um, oh, sorry. Continue on. You were telling us what's what's in there. Oh man, that's that's about all I really know as far. Uh, <laughs> I'd yeah, love to cool. tell you more. I'd love to tell you more, but uh, it's all kind of, I think, under wraps till we uh, uh, gotcha. till we get it, make it happen. I think is kind of the plan. So, and, and what weekend is that? Uh, it's not this weekend, but we we drive down there the weekend after. So uh, it's the what the week before the Fourth of July. Yeah. Okay. So kicking off somewhere around the the twenty fourth yeah. or thereabouts. So late June. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, which you know, I guess you guys probably don't celebrate Fourth of July down there, huh? Uh, no, no, it'll be a Tuesday. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it'll be <laughs> do our normal Tuesday things. Um, but yeah, well, obviously, if you want to light some fireworks off, man. Oh, yeah, we, if we if we could get them, we'd be fine. <laughs> we'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I know. Obviously, a big a big one there. Does it does it end on? Yeah, you know, is it is Fourth of July a big celebration at the end of the comp, or is it separate? No, I think the I think the world's fifty cal championship ends that Sunday. 
Oh, so, okay. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's and then I'll fly back the third, which is Monday. I'm driving down and then uh, shooting, and then I'm flying home. Yeah. And uh, yeah, okay. then I'll have the Fourth of July, and then back to work. <laughs> yeah, I thought they might have done the event where they finish up the day before, and then all have a big Fourth of July together, but perhaps not. Perhaps not. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'd be kind of a cool thing to do. I mean, for me, it'll be just nice to get home. Uh, like I said, I'm down in Georgia right now, so I'm a ways away from home, and then I'll be home for a week and leaving. Yep. For eleven days. <laughs> so. Yeah, I can uh, I can appreciate that. We've done a, a reasonable amount of travel recently and uh, got a couple of months at home, and then uh, then we're off to a, a match and a and a gun show uh, throughout August. So I'll be getting around the country again then. Oh, nice. Yeah, and you got some you got some serious country to travel in that <laughs> neck of the woods, man. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think it's necessarily that much bigger than than where you are. It's just a lot less populated, so there's some bigger bigger gaps between uh, between major towns. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm about twelve hundred miles from home right now. So, yep. Yeah, it's uh, where, where's home for you? Where's Sioux Falls, South Dakota? Actually, I live just a little bit south in a town called Harrisburg. But yeah, okay. I, I don't really know where that is. I'm, uh, my geography for the U.S. is is improved since I went there last year, but it's far from perfect. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of people in the United States that don't know where South Dakota is. Okay. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that as a win then. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it it's like I don't know, almost the top of Texas. Okay. It's yep. like okay in the bottom of Canada. Yep. It's kind of in the middle <laughs> there. <laughs> right. Right. Most <laughs> most things are. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. And so um. Um, the last time we spoke, which was actually on your podcast talking about the PRS uh, in Australia, uh, you said that you were about to head off for a PRS match. Uh, now, is that yeah. that was? Um, I did just see which uh, which match that was. Um, you want to tell us? Yeah, it was the yeah it was the South Dakota Steel Classic. That's the uh, one presented by Precision Reloading and put on by uh, Michael Kane and Cody Kinsley. Yeah. And and how'd it go? Um, man, so that that, w- was that a, well another hey? yeah that was another one that was interesting for me. I I didn't get out to do as much shooting as I I would have liked. Uh, I wanted to have my rifle rebarreled, and uh, it's none of it's anybody's fault but my own, I guess. But uh, my barrel <laughs> showed up about I think the day before the match. So oh wow, yeah. um, what what happened there? I. I loaded up a bunch of ammo and I went out there and uh, so the last time I had brought that rifle out to shoot groups, I couldn't get it to shoot any better than about an inch and a half at a hundred yards. Oh, um, okay. It, uh, it's a six five Creedmoor. I'm shooting uh, one forty burgers at twenty eight hundred, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a twenty two inch barrel, by the way. So it's yeah, okay. uh, you know, I'm it's it's pretty hot for what it is, and. Uh, just i don't know didn't didn't pan out so i i didn't get to get out and zero the rifle i didn't get a chance to do any of the shooting i wanted to do um busy i was actually traveling for work again uh back then for some training and uh got out to the match and uh i'll tell you i don't know what i was thinking but my first stage (laughs) i think i hit about 30 percent. so i think i hit like two or three of the first five targets Mm-hmm. Um, 
the second stage was uh, spinners stage. So, you, you know, spin the spinners and, and stuff. Yep. Um, and I cleared it. Uh, you know, I shot that stage extremely well. It was very close, though. I think the farthest shot was like 240 yards or something. Okay. Yep. And uh, so I knew the rifle wasn't on, right? It wasn't zeroed. Uh, so the next stage was uh, one of those like Atlas uh, B and T Industries. They they'll do uh, playing cards. With, yeah, yeah, Another yeah. One. The Ace of Spades and the in the uh, so the closest zero usually wins a, an Atlas bipod. Yep. Uh, man, I was like two inches low and two inches right. So now I'm all <laughs> psyching myself out. I'm like, oh man. So what do I do? I grab my some tools out of my bag and I start taking my scope apart. Oh no! Yeah, I go, I go. You know, I, I do the math. I figure it out. I go two inches up and two inches left, and and uh, yeah, go back to shooting, and I don't hit anything for the next like uh, four stages, probably. <laughs> so so then I take everything back out of the gun, and uh, so now at this point I'm like I kind of know where i am but i don't really know where i am and then i started doing a little bit better and by the end of the day i had the rifle figured out and day two uh went much much better for me um but you know it's yeah. a little late in the game so <laughs> when you zero for like five stages in a row there's no coming back <laughs> <laughs> no. no it's hard enough to come back from one let alone five exactly but uh had a good time though oh definitely you know it's always great to get out to that match and uh and uh see a bunch of the people that i don't get to see very often um yeah just uh you know the shooting community uh, you know you get you get to doing it and you got friends all over the country but uh, you don't ever get to see them you know and then uh except for at these matches usually so you get out there and you see some old friends you don't get to see very often and hang out and do some shooting and so yeah, brilliant, and and um, and and I was, that's that's your closest match, I'm guessing. That's your sort of your local. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. It's like uh, I think it's like a three hour drive from my house. Yeah, okay, it's pretty good so, then. Yeah, yeah, and and will you get to some other PRS matches, or do you sort of do one or two a year, or? Yeah, so normally I do uh, a bunch of small matches, and mm-hmm. then I'll do um, I'll do like uh, one or two PRS matches. I wanted to try and hit the Oklahoma National Rifle League match this year, but I don't think that's going to happen either. Um, just between, uh, you know, like I said, I got the, the new job, so I've been busy traveling for work, uh, training, and yep. not having a lot of vacation. And then uh, I got my first kid on the way. Yeah. And uh, so that's going to slow things. <laughs> Thank you. So that's going to slow down the shooting, but that's all right. So, uh, yeah, uh, I've just been getting ready for that a lot too. So that's going to take up some um, uh, some of the time that I would have normally been uh, shooting. But uh, mm, absolutely, but well worthwhile. Well worthwhile. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. When when's due that date, all happening? Uh, December twenty fourth is the due date we have right now. So. <laughs> okay, right. Busy busy Christmas period. So <laughs> tell me about it. It's going to yeah. be a busy. It's going to be a busy year till till. For the next couple of years, well, I was going to say for for a little while, for the next twenty years or so, it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Pretty full on. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool though, man. It's a uh, it's a whole new experience. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll uh, we'll get some sort of updates over the uh, uh, over the course of uh, the podcast coming up, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Come and uh, hopefully a new a new f- a new face in in a couple of years on the podcast. 
Yeah, a new, uh, yeah, a new, <laughs> a new podcast member, new competitive shooter. You present in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Excellent. So, but uh, back to the matches. Yeah. So yep. I shot the PRS match. I had another one that I was supposed to shoot. Um, actually, this last weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and it ended up that there was two. There was a a, a one day match um, about seven hours from my house and then there was a 50 cal bench rest match that was um i don't know about out in the other end of nebraska and uh i ended up having to come down to georgia i flew out early sunday morning so i had to cancel both of those and that uh, cut down on one match now i got the uh, 50 cal stuff and that'll be it for me for the year so yeah wow okay that's um I think it's going to keep you uh, keep you busy enough, though. I think. Oh yeah, well you know, normally I I'll do a bunch of small matches and I'll take a day here and a day there. But this is going to be, you know, I'm going to have yeah. seven full days off of work, eight full days off of work. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll keep you uh, that'll keep you certainly busy. I've just uh, just looked up where uh, northern well where South Dakota is uh, in in yeah. relation to everything else. I guess I'll, I'll see what you mean. I'll see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a long way from home. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what else, what have you got in the works currently, either with, you know, with podcasts or, or videos or guns or anything? Obviously the, the 50 cow stuff we've covered. Yeah. Uh, guns I've got, uh, so anybody who listens to the show probably knows I shoot an old cheap savage action. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shoots all right, but it's, uh, it's, um. If you're going to be really competitive, I really think you got to have something that's uh, either like at the very bare minimum, uh, have a competent Smith blueprint, a 700 action, um, yep. you know, or a, or a blueprint, a Tika or um, any anything like that. Uh, so I've got a uh, Lone Peak Arms action, their uh, Razor action. Um and it's melanited, and you want to talk about just a beautiful action. It is just smooth as glass, man. Yeah, right. Uh, so I've got that getting built. Um, I don't know how the import laws are for you guys, but uh, it'd be worth looking into. Uh, and then um, putting a Huber Concepts trigger on it. Mm-hmm, nice. Which I think you guys can get those. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, John Huber, he's a, a buddy of mine that uh, when I lived in Wisconsin, he only lived about 45 minutes away from me. Yeah, right. So yeah. it was it was pretty cool to be able to just drive down to his shop and <laughs> you know yeah it's quite kinda. it's quite the uh, the gun industry in, in Wisconsin yeah definitely you got uh, what Bartline barrels you got uh, Boots Obermeyer uh, Obermeyer barrels yeah um, yeah Brooks as well Brooks barrels yeah then you got like man there's all kinds of little companies popping up out there you know yeah um, well yeah. it's a state with a lot of manufacturing with a lot of manufacturing you get a lot of machinists and with a lot of machinists you get a lot of gun guys yeah with a lot of, of gun guys that know how to run machines you end up with a lot of cool stuff <laughs> yeah and of course vortex are based out of there as well um which we went yeah. to went to see and uh, and yeah quite a quite a few options um uh, yeah. mech, mech as well um yeah all sorts of stuff so anyway that's um and obviously quite a good uh hunting scene there as well yeah, definitely. Uh, Northern Wisconsin, the wolves are starting to to take care of things, but yeah, okay, yeah. It's but uh, the rest of the them. state, south, the the center, middle to the south, you know, it's uh, probably some of the best hunting in the country. Yeah, nice. 
Nice. So, um, so um, got a, that, that rifle's getting a uh, Graybo stock. I don't know if you're familiar. We, yeah, I am, actually. The the yeah. um, the guy who imports them here in Australia was, was around last night. We were recording podcast uh, about something else. But, um, yeah, no, I uh, play with them a little bit. They seem quite good. Yeah, it's uh, the one that I've got is is real solid. Um, I'm super impressed for the I think like three hundred dollars or something. Yeah, they certainly and, seem uh, well priced. Yeah, not only is it three hundred dollars, but I ordered it and it showed up two days later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And, That's uh, a change. In the, in the, yeah, tell me about it. You know, um, you try to get a barrel or an action or something, and and uh, you know, you just kind of you give somebody a bunch of money and hope they decide to actually make it. it seems like and. Uh, <laughs> You know, but even some of the bigger stocks are getting to be that way, stocks and, and chassis and stuff. But, uh, hmm. but uh, yeah, that's yeah, cool. I ordered up that Lone Peak Arms Action, and I got it about a week and a half later. And the stock showed up two days after I ordered it. And I've got a uh, Black Hole Weaponry, uh, which I think they're actually switching over to Columbia River Arms uh, Barrel. And I don't know if you're familiar with them at all either, but they've got a really goofy rifling. You did a uh, podcast um, with them, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah that's good. where I know the yeah. name from. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's like a very non-conventional rifling. It's like three segments of a circle, kind of. So it's like three like lands and grooves, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a, a better way to explain it, but <laughs> um, it's kind of a neat idea. I'm, I'm hoping that shows up here pretty quick. Uh yeah, nice. I'm just having a look at the Lone Peak Arms uh, actions as well. They look good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm super impressed with it. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, it's its glass smooth. It's just, it's a beautiful action. Yeah, and they seem well, it's a well, well Yeah, definitely. The guys, I got to meet those guys at the South Dakota Steel Classic too, and uh, Mike and Brian, and they are just super passionate hunters you know and they're just super passionate about the shooting sports and they're all about it and uh do anything for you kind of guys so yeah brilliant i'm real excited to be supporting a company like them <clears throat> yeah excellent so it sounds like quite a, a a good build coming together when's that all going to be ready uh good question i'm waiting on the barrel uh, okay so prob- probably about the time you uh, you have the the, the kid come through and uh, won't be able to shoot anymore yeah, exactly. Um, that's kind of that's kind of how barrels seem to go, you know. Yeah, just kind of wait for the voodoo to happen, and and, uh, and it comes when it comes, and you're just happy you got it. Yeah, that's it. I think that that's a, the trick is uh, order two barrels, and then when you wear one out, order another one, and uh, yeah. and keep on keep on rolling like that. Yeah, I've been shooting uh, uh, Excalibur barrels, Excalibur. Uh, barrel of manufacturing out of montana there and uh i'll tell you what uh i think i'm on my fifth barrel from those guys and i call them up and order a barrel and if they tell me it's five weeks out it's five weeks out yeah you know? nice and they 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 build it and contour it and you know with my savage i just got the barrel nut system so i just do it myself or whatever and uh mm-hmm. you know so if i need a barrel i call them up barrel shows up five weeks later and away i go away you go yeah brilliant Excellent. And what about so, for um, for podcasts or articles or, or videos or anything? What have you got yeah, in the works? Yeah, so I've been talking about doing videos for a long time, and I, I really want to get on that. I've got the camera. I've got all the gear. Um, mm-hmm. 
right now it's kind of the time that I'm lacking, and I don't know if I'm going to have any more of that in the future here, but I'm going to do my best uh, just to get some, even just simple videos out just to help some people like uh, run Kestrel or, um, you know, just a quick yep. look at the, the new action, just little, you know, three, five-minute videos or whatever. Sure. Um, I'm hoping to get that out here soon, but I'm not going to promise anybody anything because I've been saying that for... <laughs> Longer, longer than I should. Um, the podcasts. Um, oh, I don't even know really who I got in the works. I got, uh, I got a bunch of stuff I'm setting up right now. Yep. Uh, usually, I try to set a bunch of stuff up and then I just kind of roll with them until yep. uh, until it happens. So the last one that I did was uh, Modern Spartan Systems, uh, which is like a weapons lubricant. They run their accuracy oil. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a pretty cool product, you know. Uh, it's like I said in the show, it's, it's you know, it's not going to fix a rifle that doesn't shoot, but it might make it uh, a rifle shoot a little bit better um, just based on how it uh, kind of, how it works. You know, if you listen to the show, it'll, yeah. he goes into detail with it. He's a pretty um, pretty interesting guy. He's, he's real big into the chemistry side of things, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, and... And like his his oil, you know, the accuracy oil comes as an oil, obviously, but it's the oil is more of a carrier for what they're actually trying to apply to the metal. Yeah, right. Okay. So there's there's more to it than what we we normally would think of. Right, right. And uh, he's got some pretty cool testimonials and stuff. Uh, I've been using it for a while, and uh, it's like I told him I'd hate to I hate to say that I didn't really notice an accuracy difference. Um. But the rifle at the time shot a quarter inch at a hundred anyway, so <laughs> it's you know, yeah. What, what's yeah, I I probably can't you know, and that's on my that's on my best days that I can shoot like that you know, and if I'm lucky you know, um, so it's really hard to to judge. Mm. Mm. Oh well, good, and and so obviously yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll have to stay tuned see see what else you've got uh, in. In coming weeks and months and such, where um, whereabouts can people find you? Uh, we're at uh, we're on iTunes. You search uh, Precision Rifle uh, Media will yep. come up, or uh, PrecisionRifleMedia dot com. Uh, and Facebook is probably the best place to get updates, and uh, you can get probably the most information uh, from there. So, and that would just search for Precision Rifle Media right there as well. Yeah, brilliant. We'll make sure we uh, certainly link that in the show notes. Um, no, it'd be great. It'd be great. I appreciate it. Through. Yeah, excellent. Kirk, is there anything else you so, wanted to touch on? Yeah, tell me about your PRS match out there in uh, in Australia. <laughs> How'd that all go? Sure. Yeah. Um. It, it did. It did go really well. Um. We actually just uh, last night, um, which will will come up, uh, go up. Uh, did a, a two part podcast uh, as a bit of a wrap up with a couple of the guys, but we had uh, fifty one shooters all up. Um, and that that got booked out within two weeks, which for over here that's pretty pretty good. Um, and the event went uh, really well. And you know, of course, you're always going to find things that you you, know, you learn, you change, and you tweak, particularly from the first event. But um, overall, that the, that sense of community was there. You know, had guys helping guys out, and I know you know equipment problems and functions and stuff. Exactly what you're talking about, and people were happy to sort of lend this or give that or whatever it was. Um, so that was really good to see. And uh, the, uh, the 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 comp went really well. There were some good stages uh, that Greg had designed, and uh, they you know they went well. 
um, in terms of quite a diverse challenge, which is what I guess what you want from a PRS style match. So yeah, no, good good kick off to it, and uh, and now we are waiting and hoping um, that we can get some more matches up, uh, another one or two this year, um, through to what we're hoping will be a series next year. So as of next year, you'll have to uh, bring the family out, mate, and uh, and have a shot. Yeah, that would be. Uh that would be just a ton of fun. I'd love to visit Australia. <laughs> How hard is it to get a gun over there? Like for me to fly a rifle out there? Uh, I don't believe it's overly difficult. It's just the, the paperwork process that you need to go through. Um, but you know, again, if you were, if you're coming out here, we'd certainly make guns available for you. So, um, and that, yeah, that goes to, to any of the guys we've spoken to. We'll, you know, if you can get yourselves out here, I'm sure we can, uh, we can make sure you're taken care of. Um, and we might even get out uh, a bit of hunting as well. Oh, that'd be cool. What, what do you guys hunt out there? Um, well, we, we deal with a lot of, uh, I guess, invasive species or ferals, as we, we would call them, and, and so goats, um, goats, foxes, cats, um, and uh, then, you know, there's quite a, a reasonable amount of deer uh, around as well. Um, sure. Commonly where I am, it's fallow, but there are reds and a few others, uh, and there is samba. Um which I don't know if you're familiar with, Samba deer. Um, I, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm not really. Not much of a deer expert, but they're in, I think they're in the same sort of category size-wise, getting close to an elk-type size beast. So oh, quite sure, a, sure. Quite a big thing. Um, I'm happy to be corrected on that. I won't claim to be a, much of a, a deer expert. Um, we also have uh, donkeys, uh, camels, uh, as, well as, um, uh, as well as wild horses. That are causing problems. Sure. So, yeah, there's quite a um, there's quite a uh, quite a range of things that we uh, huh. we can shoot over here. Uh, plus, you know, certain birds and bits and pieces. And then there are there are also permits that get put out for um, uh, for kangaroos, emus, and such. Um, but you've just got to do those ones by the uh, by the appropriate permits for them. Sure, sure. Well, that's interesting. That's a whole new. Uh... <laughs> A whole new set of animals to hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, uh, very different. Um, and and of course, rabbits. I don't think I mentioned rabbits. We've got plenty of those. Um, yeah, you got kind of a rabbit problem over there, from what the Discovery Channel has told me. <laughs> well, depending <laughs> depending on the year, they they're either correct or, or not. Um, but yeah, certainly some areas there is some major problems with them, and, and then a, a virus will come through and wipe them out for you know five years or so, and then they'll come back. So it's a continual and, continual uh, battle. Sure, and it doesn't take a long to come back either. No, no. Funnily enough, they breed like rabbits, don't they? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, easy. Man, this has been a, a lot of fun, uh, and I'd love to have you guys back on again, you and Greg, uh, again onto my show in the near future here, um, especially maybe after you get another match or two lined up. Yeah. Uh, maybe, try and, maybe try and get some uh, some international shooting going on, get some, some uh, advertising yeah. on this side of the of things for you guys and, and maybe get uh, some of us over there i think that would just be uh i think that'd be just really cool um, yeah it'd be it would be great fun and, and i think as we, we've mentioned uh when when we get some stuff lined up for the new year so we got some dates with with good amounts of uh time in front uh, we can tell your uh get get on and uh, talk about that and so perhaps some some guys can come and join us in some of the warmer months over here that might be frozen over there yeah, well, that's a good thought too. Yeah, enticing uh, to uh, to come on over. Yeah, the one other question I quick I got for you is: yeah. uh, Can we talk about the PRS, the American PRS, and the Australian? Are they 
going to be together? Are they not? What's the what's the thoughts there? Yeah, so they're they're, they're part of the, the the Australia is a franchise of the US one, so they're they're well and truly connected. Um, in terms of um, the nitty gritty of that stuff, we're still trying to uh, clarify exactly what that means. And I'm, I'm guessing questions of if you shoot in Australia, do those points count for the US? Um, is that if that's a question? That's one that I don't know yet. I don't. I don't know if a yeah. decision's been reached on it. Um, but yeah, you know, we we run PRS skill stages over here as part of the matches, of course. So um, yeah, you at least get a, a bit of a benchmark of how you went uh, on the other side of the world. Um, sure. And uh, I, th- I believe the membership side of things is the same. So if you're a member of PRS, you're a member in any any country. Um, but again, oh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll clarify those things as we uh, as we get closer to actually running a season over here. Sure, a lot of details to hash out, but so far so good. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome to hear, and uh, I think it would be awesome if you could take like if you could take like one match. If I'm a, a U.S. competitor. If you mm-hmm. could take one match from Australia, you know, because uh, I think it would encourage the the traveling and the uh, and some growth of the sport that way. As far as, um, you know, uh, when when shooters get together, good things happen. I mean, look how mm-hmm. many companies have started by just a couple of people who enjoy shooting together and they decide to start building something. Well, if we can make more connections happen, we can help grow the sport. Um, yeah, and I think that I think that it would make it a lot easier. You know, a guy could. Uh, go to his his family and be like hey let's take a vacation to australia and i'm gonna also go shoot a match <laughs> <laughs> it'll make it easy keeps, wouldn't it keeps, and it'd yeah, be one- yeah you you go enjoy the beach and try not to get killed by something in australia because everything <laughs> there wants to kill you pretty much and yeah. uh, and i'm gonna go play in the desert for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um and it would be great to have that the the reverse way as well. Is is you know if guys wanting to head over your way for a, for a match, um, but yeah, well, I'm hoping hoping that's the way it goes. But we just I guess we have gotta wait and, and hear and uh, make sure that uh, that that's um, a, a viable option for all the things that got to be taken into account. But I think it would be yeah, a wonderful definitely. way to do. But either way, either way, um, the guys over there if they're going to come over here and uh, and shoot a match, um, one they're obviously more than welcome to. And uh, two, we, I know the guys here would take good care of them uh, both with equipment and bits and pieces like that uh, and then on on top of that um, uh, making sure they had a really good time uh, while they were here and I think that the big thing and, and I've said this many many times which is I think why perhaps we get so much crossover between our, our podcasts and, and our styles of shooting is that the uh, equipment that we use you know if someone wanted to they go oh, we'll normally run a um a, a a run and gun from sap and a uh, and a game changer um we've got all that stuff here we can certainly provide it so um the the equipment bar the uh, suppressors uh, are pretty much the same sure yeah awesome awesome well uh easy man when you get when you get this show up i'll be sure to uh to put links up on my end and and uh, get everybody over there and yeah, uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun uh, being the uh, the one interviewed. <laughs> how'd, how'd you go with it? Oh, no dramas. Yeah, no, I uh, I might have talked too much. I might have. Well, that's I think I talked a lot more than I, I normally do. Yeah, well, that's the that's the <laughs> point of being on the other side. Is you're you're meant to talk more, but no, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, Kirk. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, mate, and uh, and good luck with the the podcast and the uh, upcoming fifty cow shoots. Uh, all the best hey, here. Thank- yeah, thanks a lot. Hey, and uh, thanks for for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, and uh, need all the 
I'm going to need all the luck I can get next weekend, so I appreciate that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Terrific, mate. Right. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thanks Cheers. a lot. Take care, man. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Scoped Out Shooting Optics and Accessories.